When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting has come to an end. Lampard. Comes out to Essien! Oh my goodness. It's a counter attack. It's a new dropper. And now it's in the middle. Dropper goes. Mix it on when you Stretch it. Stretch it. Mix it on when you do. Stretch it. Chelsea 2. And Didier Dropper has it. Dropper in the centre. Mitchell just turned to the ground and he's still back. Hello, welcome to Chelsea Hour. My name is Meads and I'll be your host for this one. I'm joined by Shemi. How you doing, Broski? I'm good, bro. How are you? Not too bad, not too bad. Pre-season's well underway, you know. I mean, everyone's getting excited about signings, how we're going to do this season. There's a lot of competition. A lot of newness and freshness coming in. Um, so I'm, I'm just eagerly anticipating and waiting to see how this all unfolds. But yeah, we've had a busy few weeks. Obviously, we're going to touch on the game against Charlotte yesterday um, and all the transfer rumours and actual activity that's happened. Um, but firstly, Shams, you, you caught the game yesterday. Um yep. Obviously, it was a game of two halves, I guess, um, literally, quite literally. Um, ten changes were made at halftime. Um, but in terms of the lineup, when you first saw, you know, because the lineup was actually quite interesting and very offensive. Mm. Um, what, did you, what did you make of it, basically? In all honesty, when I first saw the lineup last night before I went to bed, I was, I was very, 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 like, kind of disappointed in the sense that, like, there was just so many names that, I thought we would have moved past by now. Like so, many, <laughs> so many players that are just uncertain whether they're going to be here or not next season. But it was cool. Like when I actually watched the game, um, like you said, it was actually it actually played out very well. Um, especially in that first half, um, it was very offensive. Um, I know we went back and forth in the group chat about um whether it was a four two three one or three four three, but I think the truth is is that it was kind of it was both. Like it fluctuated during the game. 
Um, but in terms of like the actual game how it played out, I thought I thought the first half was good. I can't lie, I was, I was quite impressed. I thought yeah, um, I thought yeah. I thought like Tuchel's assessment was fair once again, something you come to expect with Tuchel. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his assessment was fair. I think for the first, you know, three, for, yeah, for, for the first two um, two thirds, I think we were excellent defensively. I felt we looked quite assured, comfortable, relatively. Um, barring a few counter-attacks that they had, but that happens in football. Um, but I thought Emerson looked pretty solid, pretty decent um, in that lateral um, centre-back position. It was quite good. Um, yeah, it, it looked quite good. The balance was quite nice. It was. It looked quite fluid and, you know, mm. it, it, it kind of ebbed and flowed. It was quite nice. Kovacic and Jorginho in the middle, controlling things. It was really, really nice. Um, but you know, when you get to the final third, you've got just the frust- the most frustrating players known to man, really, that mm. play for our team. And I feel we've just got plenty of them. Mm. Um, so tell- talk to me about the the attack because Tuchel seems to have a big problem with it. I definitely had a big problem with it, and you mm-hmm. and everyone pretty much in Chelsea Hour had a big problem. What did yeah. you think? What did you make of it? Yeah. So obviously the attack was Ziek Callum. Michi Bachwai and Pulisic. And I thought um, Ziyech was... He, he, I thought he saw a lot of the ball in that first 30, 30 minutes, but his decision-making was very rash. Um, I, I counted at least two to three occasions where he just made the wrong decision, decided to shoot instead of to pass. Um, and even if the shot was on, it just wasn't on target. I think he put two wide, one wide and one over the bar. Um, I thought I thought Callum was okay. I can't lie. I thought, I thought he took the game to... The fullback when he needed to, um, it was his usual. You know, he'll link up with um, with with whoever's overlapping him or underlapping him. Um, I thought he was okay. Started off really, really bright. Faded a little bit towards the end of the first half, but that was all right. Um, M- Mitchie, I, I I really one thing I really like about Mitchie is that he 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 shoots on site. Um, and I've actually got I've got a bit of time for Mitchie. Like Ops might think this is weird, but I actually really do have time for him because I just like how he shoots on site. Um, and I thought he was okay too. I actually thought he was okay. But um, again, it was just a decision making from the likes of Ziek Pulisic, which was really, really frustrating. Which was really, really frustrating. And um, yeah, it's a, it's kind of what we what we come to expect of of them two in particular. Um, more so Ziek, I'd say. I think Pulisic was was a little bit more quiet. But um, for as much of the ball that Ziek saw, he was very, very unproductive, and he seemed to be. Um, behind Mitchie, kind of um, being being the one who was kind of a hub to kind of like play the through balls and make things happen, and um, yeah, he was pretty unproductive with the ball, which was disappointing to see. Um, I don't know, what, I don't know if you agree or like what you said. It was it was super frustrating. I feel like Ziek, um he had I wouldn't say moments of quality, but he had moments where you saw, okay, yeah, there's a player there. Um, but I just feel like. I feel you get this from Ziyech, isn't it? I think he's always going to disappoint um, because this is the nature of his game. The way he plays football is very um, erratic, might be the wrong word, but just unmeasured. I think that that's probably the best way I could put it. Yes, he's a very yeah, unmeasured player. Um, mm. He likes to do things off the cuff and sometimes it works and sometimes it's fantastic. But for the most part, when you're playing with other people, um, you really need to be able to allow them to read your wavelength. Um, and I think Ziyech really, because of his unpredictable and erratic nature, um, oftentimes he's not on the same wavelength as his teammates. And you could see many of opportunities yesterday where, you know, 
Callum's through on the right-hand side. He's not even through on goal, but he's in acres of space to receive, then cross it. He makes the wrong decision, cuts into shoot, or just it, or, or tries to dribble when it doesn't go come off. Um, Pulisic is making runs into the box. Again, it's not being found. Same batch Y. It's just, yeah, just very, very sloppy. Um, Pulisic, again... <sighs> He gets the goal, which is a credit to where I think Pulisic is always the one that kind of gets a knack of scoring goals. Mm. But the thing with Pulisic, and I've, I've always said it, his biggest problem and my, one of my biggest pet peeves with him is the fact that he holds on to the ball too long. Um, he doesn't actually um, connect with his teammates well enough. Um, and I just think there's like an all-round quite lack of quality. Um you know, don't get me wrong, he has his qualities. I think he is, can be a very good goal for it. But I just feel like the all-round game just isn't quite there. Um, yeah. When you see just the levels between him and Raheem Sterling, for example, who we'll talk mm-hmm. about a little bit later, when you, when you see the levels of not just the, the dribbling and ball carrying, but just the touch and, you know, you know b- being under pressure. Just, just being present. Long, you know what I mean? Just, just, yeah. just, just levels, you know what I mean? Mm. Um mm. And I just think Pulisic is just—I don't know. I don't know. Said the goal. I can't. I can't really remember Pulisic really being involved in the first half yeah, too much. I don't know. You know like, I, mean? yeah. I, I remember him getting touches here and yeah, there. And yeah, yeah. Getting passing backwards or or trying to dribble, not really quite working out. Mm. You know, I feel like Pulisic has lost the burst. You know, I, I don't know what it is, but I think maybe looking at Pulisic like he was just—I don't know—but mm. I think he's lost a bit of a yard and. I, it's very like, odd because Pulisic is something you, you associate with being very, very quick, but I don't know what it is now. Like, yeah, I feel like from like a standing position, like I can't remember the last time I saw him just like stand up and go. Like, yeah. Kind of a bit, obviously we'll touch on Raheem, but kind of like what, he, what Raheem was doing in the second half where he might slow it down and then he's off. And uh, But I feel like we did kind of see glimpses of it when he first came to Chelsea, but it's been a while since he's kind of like took the ball and just took the game by the scruff of the neck, something he can actually do. He has the ability to do it, but it just doesn't do it um, enough um, by any stretch of the imagination. But yeah, I agree. I, th- I think he was pretty absent. I think most of the play was, because Callum was free a lot down the right hand side, so they kept on playing it to him, just switching it to him, switching it to him. Um, and then obviously Ziyech in the pocket. So I think the game was played mostly from the right to the middle into, into Michi. And then obviously, yeah, Pulisic got his touches here and there, got a goal, but overall he wasn't really in the game like that from what I can remember. But yeah, man, that's that's kind of what we come to expect of 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 the two of the two players, yeah, it's and Pulisic. Bro, it's just like everyone talks about. Oh yeah, um, Tuchel can't really coach an attack. Kuchu, I, I I just think one that's that's rubbish because if you were to look at his Dortmund side, look at his PSG side, and then look at managers that were before and after him, the legendary apparently Jurgen Klopp, and then you also have um, a world class manager apparently in um, Pochettino, you look at the amount of goals that their attackers have scored in comparison to the ones that, the amount of goals that they scored under Sukal, it's night and day, really and truly. Mm. Um, so the idea that you can't coach an attack is, is, is rubbish. Ultimately, when you get into attacker position, into the attacking phase, a lot of it is largely left to the attackers to kind of figure things out themselves. You can create great, beautiful patterns of play, um, you know, and phases of play. As a coach, you kind of, you put, you put the you put the team in a position to do that. You get them up to the you get them up to the final third, and usually they kind of yeah. That's where they take they take care of themselves. Yeah. But when you've got players that are consistently 
and it, it's not just under him, under Lampard too, mm-hmm. consistently making the wrong decisions um, and not taking care in the final execution, you, you can't really blame him. And I think mm-hmm. he's starting to get very, very frustrated. I feel like he's protected them a lot. He's um, definitely starting to show now. He, he, he shielded them a lot. He's always yeah. been saying that he's happy with the attack. He's happy with the attack. But with his comments yesterday after the game, saying that it was nowhere near good enough, I think he, his, his patience started to wear thin. I think mm. a lot of these players have had numerous opportunities. A lot of these players complain oftentimes that, oh, they're not playing enough. But, you know, when they play... And I, I kind of get it, because I think you need to have consistency. Um, so you need to be playing consistently to then get the rhythm. But mm. I feel like... When you're up against opposition like Charlotte, and they're no, no offence, but they're not a good team, not even in the MLS. But when you're up against a team like this, you should really be able to like put them to the sword and make better decisions because you've got even more time because they're not of the level of opposition that you usually play. So you should be making the right decisions. But too many of the same players, same names, are making the, the bad decisions. Yeah poor execution, poor timing of things. And then, yeah, I think Tuchel started, to, his patience is starting to wear thin. Yeah. And obviously there's reports where, you know, some of these players are apparently dead wood and he's trying to get move them on, but there isn't an interest. So it's a and, bit of a mess. And the funny thing is, yeah, the, the, the quote, his, his, his post-match comments, yeah, I swear down, he said the same thing. At least you can run it back through last season. It's multiple times where he says the same thing. First 80 meters good, last 20 not so good. First 80 meters good, last 20. It's the same, same analysis over and over again. It's Every like, single time. I think now, like I think, as you said, I completely agree with right now. He's actually starting to show his frustrations. And I think um just even coming back to the to Ziek, what you were saying, I think one word that came to my mind was he's very individualistic. And I feel like um when you've got a player like Raheem, um Callum to an extent. Um, Mount as well even though Mount can be quite gun-ho um, he, 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 he's a team player too in terms of like he, he can link up with teammates and I feel like yeah. a lot of our players can actually do that but, um, but Ziet kind of just sticks out as someone that wants to do his own thing so it doesn't work at all um, so yeah he's definitely someone that needs to be moved on and I think I think Tukul is definitely frustrated with him in particular yeah most definitely um, most but, definitely yeah you, you can just tell like tell. you can tell because <laughs> Whenever he's asked about these players and, you know, he gives his honest assessment, whenever he's asked about them and, you know, they, they talk about their lack of game time, you could tell it irks him. Just like it makes him feel sick a bit because it's like, oh, like, yeah, I get it. You're not playing, but when I do play, you don't give me what I need. To, you know, you're not giving what's supposed to be given. Like, so I, I get it. I, it, it. But I also get it from the player's perspective too, because, you know, they want to be playing consistently. They're never really going to find their rhythm if he's always chopping and changing. And that's why I'm a big, big fan of the idea of just getting rid of all these guys. Getting rid. Start again and minimise the amount of attackers that you have, you know, so that people have a bit of consistency in their game. Because right now, there's too many men, too many mouths to feed, too many players that are getting disgruntled. Get rid. Get rid. The comments of, for, for example, Timo Werner, he's saying that he could be happy anywhere. And then T- T- Tuchel was like, well, yeah, he should be happy at Chelsea. You've got a contract at Chelsea, mate. Like, mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. like, it's a bit cheeky. You're not, you're not like, you're just cheeky because you're yeah. not really been performing. So yeah. what are you talking about happiness for? 
You know what I mean? So yeah. it, it, you can tell Tuchel's starting to yeah. get to the point where he's like, yeah, these men are taking a piss and uh, <laughs> I've, I'm done protecting them. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and also, when you look at that kind of like last season, I think we, we, we cleared well over 100 goals at all comps. So it shows that the system does have potential to kind of put players in the right places to score, whether it be um, the attackers or like or, or wing backs, whatever. So like literally, um, and don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that... Um, you know, I know some people are willing to afford back. I'm not saying that in some games a four might not make us, you know, play a bit better and have more bodies in the middle to final third. I'm not saying that at all. But I think Tuchel's he's coached he's coached a system that works. Do you know what I mean? Defensively, and we can get goals in it. And I think it's just we've got to a point now where um, second season and like pushing on, it's to, it's now time to kind of get rid of who who doesn't oh. fit. <clears throat> so yeah, that's what I, I completely agree with you. Like, I feel like when people say that Tuchel can't coach this like, or whatever, I think it is a bit lazy. Yeah. Um, I feel like it is. And I think there's too much emphasis on kind of, um, the, obviously the coach has to get, um, has to put the players in the best position to win 100%. Um, and the coach has to get some sort, some stuff out of the players. But again, I feel like the player has a responsibility too. To Absolutely. take the and do what, and show what they can do. Um, so, and, and not enough have. So yeah, man. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Um, completely yeah. agree. C- completely agree. And I feel like it, it, it's just very, very rich from some of these players, man. Um, I feel like, do you know what it is? And here's a prime example, yeah? So Lukaku, yeah, was Thomas Tuchel signing. He said it. He said that it's the guy who wanted, you know, him, Marina, Czech, all came to the discussion and said, yeah, this is the guy. Let's get the guy, right? Very quickly... Tuchel's like, yeah, this guy ain't it, yeah? And Tuchel bombed him out. So bombed him out on loan to back to Inter Milan, right? I think, and if you think about it, Tuchel is a very loyal man. And I think he looked at, okay, these are the boys that won the Champions League with me. Whilst they're not firing on all cylinders, I'm going to trust them. I'm going to give them a year. I'm going to give them an opportunity to really show me, yeah, okay, we can do this, yeah? Because we won the Champions League, yeah, it was solid, it was compact. Obviously, we created chances, beat teams up, but again, we weren't ruthless. I think he saw that and thought, okay, we can try and improve this. We can try and, we, we can we can do a little something, something. But now, it's been 18 months, and mm-hmm. you've seen the same thing in the last yeah. 18 months, from the same players, the inconsistency, the poor finishing, the poor final pass, the poor execution, just technical execution and tactical execution when it comes to creating that opportunity that is, is glaring. It's a glaring opportunity that you're just you're fluffing. I think he's gotten to a point where he's like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, I, I think I've, I've reached the end with some of these guys. And I think that's why probably towards the end of the summer, we're going to be seeing a lot of names being banded out about, you know, he wants to get rid of X, Y, Z in the attack. You know, there was rumours apparently that... Um, Tuchel's looking at getting two additional attackers um, because apparently, yeah, he's just not happy. But then mm. it kind of contradicts what he'd been saying. He's like, yeah, he's happy with the attack. So it's, it's, it's a funny one. We're yeah. going to have to wait and see, man. We're going to have to wait yeah. and see. Obviously, we had um, Armando Broya wasn't available um, because he had the injury. He so had to go back to London. Raheem Sterling in the second half. Um was a bright spark because we don't really want to t- I, I don't want to touch on the game too much the second half was re- for me disgusting yeah, uh, that's horrible. so so bad the, the lack of quality um the lack of ball progression it's just a complete stark contrast to what you saw in the first half mm. you've got Kovacic 
Jorginho being able to evade the press, you know, um, have high intensity and ball recoveries, press the, the opposition. Whereas, you know, in the second half, it was just like sitting back. Yeah. Was sitting back, very passive, no activity. Um, no, again, no ball progression whatsoever. It was really, really poor. But can I just interject here? Because it's, it's, it's funny you mentioned Jorginho Kovacic. And I wanted to ask you about Gallagher. Obviously, I know you're a big fan. Yeah. And that because and, and for me, like I don't get me wrong, I, I rate him, I think he's a good player, but like I look I watched um Jorginho Kovacic and I see the level that just, just at such a high level, yeah. Uh, um in terms of control, passing, yeah. like you said, pressing, just yeah. everything, just is at such a high, high level. I know Obviously, what's coming, bro. You no, know, we know what Kante, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know what's coming. Let me get there. Let me get there. Go, 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 go. We know what Kante's on. We know what Kante's yeah. on. Um, and Ruben, when and to be fair to Ruben, even though he's not an elite midfielder, when he's come in last season, like the levels, they, they didn't drop. The levels are there, you know what I mean? Yeah, there's no big substantial drop off. Yeah, yeah. So, so how do you? So, like, do you do you trust that if Connor was to be a first team player, yeah. he can sustain that? Because I, I I've got doubts. Personally. All right. So I understand why you have doubts. Um, or ba- if you're basing it just on, you know, if you're basing it just on the performance of yesterday, um, because he wasn't really good at all. Um, in my opinion, um, he's busy uh, as per, but there was just certain qualities that he lacked um, in in terms of being in the Chelsea midfield. I think it's relatively unfair though to judge him just based on that because he was partnered up with a centre back in midfield, um, and Ethan Ampadu. And again, I will talk on his performance um, shortly. But um, Connor, I think he, I think Connor would benefit playing alongside of Kovacic and Jorginho rather than just mm. him. I Possibly. don't think he's the guy to be the one to progress play. Possibly. I don't it's, like, it's almost like, you know what I mean? Like mm. proper progress. Like N'Golo Kante, I think he looks much better alongside of Jorginho and Kovacic. You know what I mean? I think he looks a lot better for me alongside a player like that because those guys are ones that not only evade the press, but they also look to get the ball forward and create those angles. I don't think, I think Kante can do it. Kante is good at one-touch passing, very good at one-touch passing, passes around the corner. But Gallagher, for me, that's where he kind of falls down. I think Gallagher, right at this moment in time in his career, his ability to progress the play with speed Mm. and accuracy isn't quite there yet. I think there's so many other facets of his game that he's very, very good at already at 21. But that ball progression is something that he's um, he's lacking in. Um, mm. Does that mean that he can't play a part and be part of this first team? Absolutely not. Because I think he's got so many other qualities that he can bring to the team, just like an N'Golo Kante, for example, mm. where just because one element of the game isn't a complete standout doesn't mean that the rest can't, um, I guess counteract that lack of you know what I mean so I think mm. I get the I get the concern though because in terms of possession when you're seeing a completely contrasting performance half like by the half like the first half from Jorginho on cover you got like massive control you know it was clear as day um but what we saw yeah. in the second half was really really bad you know but you mean? know what though I'm not I'm not just judging it off of yesterday's performance it's just more so like the player the traits that he, I know he has because I watch quite a bit of him at Palace. Yeah. Um, and to be yeah. honest, you make a fair point in terms of pairing him next to Jorginho or Cover. 
that could be that could be you know what makes him kind of um go go up a, a level in terms yeah. of um, you know the control and, and progression and stuff so, so think it, about it like this i want to ask you yeah. so remember last season when kante was playing alongside ruben mm. yeah and then people used to say oh, i don't know if that pivot works it's mm. because again neither of them are really great at progressing play with their mm. passing you know mm. what i mean both of them are good at progressing it with their dribbles and carries but in terms of passing, it's not really their strong suit. So that's mm. why things looked relatively slow as opposed to when each of them played with Jorginho or Kovacic. Mm. When it was Jorginho and Kovacic, it, obviously they're, they're, they're like super, super good at keeping the ball, super good at progressing play. Kovacic and Ruben off the cheek last season looked very, very good. Kovacic mm. and um, Kante looked very, very good. Again, because you're getting that balance of profiles. Yep. So I, I, I think for me, for sure, Conor Gallagher whilst he has a lot of work to do to improve as a player, I think he's more than ready and capable of um, mm. helping us as, as, like, now. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And and, and you mentioned Ampadu. I think I think Ampadu played some really good passes. He did. Um, progressively, he did. like, when, between the lines. Yeah, when he had space, you know, I think he, he definitely was able to just punch it through the lines, which was good. Very, very impressive. There were certain passes that he played over the top to mount on the right-hand side, which I thought, yeah, that's nice. Um... But I felt like the thing with Ampadu, he doesn't show for the ball. He doesn't mm. show for the ball deep. And when 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 you're that six, you really need to be showing for the ball and getting comfortable under pressure. And I don't think he really had that. And that's not his fault because I don't think it's really his game. Um, I think he's more centre-back rather than um, a, a DM. But I think he did play some nice passes. And I definitely think he's going to be part of the group because I don't see why not. I think... Um, I think, I think, yeah, I think he definitely could be part of the group, man. I think he's got um, enough about him. And we don't have, again, a, a profile like his where I think he's um, robust, um, reads the game relatively well, you know, pretty strong. wouldn't say he's like a, the, the massive athlete. Um, so, again, I wouldn't say he's super intense. But I think he's got enough about him, man, to stick around. So, we're just going to have to wait and see. I think there's certain other players that can will definitely be shipped off before him. That's an, an absolute must or absolute yeah. truth because That's fair. players like uh, Malang Sar, we could talk mm. about Malang Sar, and yeah. I think people always awful, I know Dan, Dan says oh yeah he's a bit of a scapegoat and I get that really I don't think it, he, he, I don't think he's um, I don't think he's like the worst player I've ever seen but I feel like when it comes to levels like a drop off in levels yeah, yes. yeah. and then you think about qualities that we currently have in our squad in terms of like in defense um we'll talk about Levi Cole in a second um but I just look I honestly look at Saar and I think yeah like yeah there's no there's no way you should be playing over X, Y, and Z and the funny thing is the funny thing is last season when the odd game where you came in at left back when you played back four I actually didn't think he was too bad I didn't think he was too horrible but I can't lie to you yet like I think you said it in the group chat, and and when I watched the game, um, it, it became very apparent to me what you said about when he receives the ball, um, at the back or just just kind of anywhere. Yeah. It's like oh, he just seems very uncertain. There's no certainty. There's no. There's no assurance. Do you know what I mean? Like, even though like Aspi has his weaknesses. Yeah. When he has the ball, I feel like he has an idea what he wants to do. Similarly, Alonso, but yeah. Sar is very hesitant, and, and, it, and it brings it brings a level panic. of panic. Yeah. yeah, as P as P bring like for me, 
Aspie isn't great on the ball, but he's competent. Mm-hmm. Composed. I, I think there's a different... I think every one of our defenders, bar Sar, has a degree of competency on the ball. Mm-hmm. You know? I think... And that's why when he plays, you see it, like, badly. Like, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Because whenever the ball goes to his side, it looks really bad. Like, he, he takes an age to find the pass... I think you see where we used to call Zuma focus, when Zuma used to wind up to pick a pass. I think it's like, it's very similar here with, with Saar. His is even worse for me. I think he takes an age to make a decision of what he wants to do with the ball. And that's a problem because it don't only just put him under pressure, it puts a receiver under pressure. And he just blasts it at them, you know, when he's unsure. So it's just all, all a bit of a mess. There's a, so many times where... He fizzed it into Raheem Sterling, mm. you know. Yeah. When he was, and that's because he was under pressure because he he took forever to yeah, raise forever. the boot. You know what I mean? So I'm just like, oh man. So yeah. he, for me, I think he he absolutely has to go on loan. Yeah. You know? And he's got he's got good recovery pace and he's, yeah. he's pretty aggressive, pretty strong. But when you play like kind of the way Tuchel wants to play. Um, and with the three defenders, you're going to have the ball quite a bit and you need to be good on the ball. It's just it's pure and simple. You need to have a level of composure and yeah. an idea of what you're going to do. Trevor, that's why Trevor succeeded. Trevor's got small thoughts defensively, but on the yeah. ball, he's solid. He's very, sick on the ball. Do you know what I mean? Very, 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 yeah, very, 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 man, you got to, yeah, I, he, he might have to bounce, I can't lie. Yeah, I, I think I he, he, that, he's, one, he's one that definitely needs to go it's on the he definitely needs to go on loan. Yeah, um, yeah. We talk about Levi Colwell. I think he was he was all right. I don't think he had don't a bad that story, performance. Oh um, yeah, like you know, yeah. he was cool, composed. I think you yeah. know, one moment where he, he he fired a player, but that's it really. There's not really much to report about Levi. I think he was yeah. pretty competent. I think Chaloba had a couple moments where I'm like, oh, that's a bit shaky, mm. um, and you're not really re- reading the danger. But yeah, I think of the three, I think Colwell, you know, he. He kind of he held himself. He held himself to a decent standard. He he could be fairly happy with how that went. Um, I did think that as a libero, he should be a bit, a bit more progressive with his passing. But he did on a few occasions progress to play and penetrate um, and break a few lines. But I think with the libero, you need to be the one that does it often. And I don't think he did it often enough. But that, to be fair to him, again that midfield pairing, they weren't showing for the ball, so it mm. was very very difficult for him to really find the angles and not feel pressured, uh, you know, to just boot it up the pitch because that's not the type of player he is. He, he is quite measured. Um, but yeah, I thought he was quite okay. One surprise I do want to talk about, actually, was Kennedy. Um, I think he might be playing his way slightly into a backup wingback position. I can't lie. He has a skill set. He's got... He's Look, people dog him, yeah? I say, mm. why did Tuchel bring him back? Why did Tuchel mm-hmm. bring him back? He's got he's got something, you know. I don't think he's got like a top player by any means, right? But I think he can be very useful. I think I think I think our 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 fans are so quick to try and get rid of people. Yeah, they just don't want they they don't actually see their use case. And I think Kennedy has definitely got the potential to be backup. A million percent. He's very right wing back, a right wing back backup or left wing back backup. I don't yeah. think it, I think I don't think that's too far fetched. You know, I, I, I would say left wing, left wing back, back up. Um, yeah. I think um, he's very skillful. Um, and yeah. in terms of just like on the ball, what what Dan was talking about in terms of kind of with Chilwell, even though Chilwell is very good, you don't always get the level of dynamism that you kind of need from wing back. I feel like Kennedy can can bring that to an extent in terms of yeah. he's just very different um, in terms of on the ball. Um, 
and yeah, I think there was a, I think the last game of the season when he played, <laughs> he was looking like he was looking so so wavy, yeah. like it was, yeah. it was bad. But yeah, I think definitely he was hungry. You know where yeah. he got a hunger. You exactly. Know, some of these men are just hungry, and I think yeah, Kennedy's like never when he really receives given on the final proper, third. Yeah, Kennedy's never really yeah. been given a proper opportunity like that. Mm. So. When he got it, he, he grabbed it with both hands, man. They looked very, very hungry. So, again, I think he's someone that could definitely stick around, man. Because when yeah. he's in the final third, whilst I don't think it's his precision is always absolute, I think he does actually kind of make the right decisions at times. I agree. You know I, I agree. mean, I, like, agree. I, I can't complain about what he's attempting to do and his execution of it. So, outside of the foot pass to Mason Mount, mm-hmm. like, you know what I mean? And, like, and it was outside that's quality. Like, well. that, that's quality yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, that's quality there. You see what yeah. I'm saying? Like, when you had a thing, when you had a first half of of man doing nonsense, like mm. yeah, I, I think that there's something there. He, he could beat a man too. He's got yeah, and he, exactly, he can, yeah, he can, yeah, he can yeah. slap a man. And yeah. again, he's very aggressive. His pressing yeah. is very, very impressive. So yeah, I think Kennedy for me is a wild card this season, most definitely. People talk about Conor Gallagher being in the first team, but I, I do think Kennedy has a chance of because obviously Chilwell is still nurses way back in. And Kyoto did was really a non-factor in the in the in the second half. Again, not really through much of his fault. It might have been tactical, um, but he wasn't really pressing up high, and that's where Chile kind of is uh, at, at his best. But I do think Kennedy is um he could definitely play his way into you know being rotational um for um for Chilwell, you know, especially as Chilwell's getting back from his injury. So I, I think Kennedy is definitely. Yeah, man, he definitely, yeah. definitely impressed me. Definitely, definitely impressed me. Um, Kai Havertz in second, barely touched the ball. It was, and again, that's not really his fault. Mason Mount barely saw the ball. Um, another player that barely saw the ball was Raheem Sterling, but when he saw it, but when Shem, he did see it, yeah, whoa, mm, quality, yeah, 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 yeah. quality. You know what it is, yeah. When we were linked. And obviously, when the transfer even happened, even I said, "Yeah, this is nice, but you know, I need something else. Like, I need, I need, I, I want Sterling. I'm happy with Sterling, but I need something else. You know, I was very big on Dembele coming because I think Dembele is a game breaker and he's a super level talent. And I also think Raheem's a big talent. You know what I mean? But I was like, yeah, but what Chelsea need is not just goals because I think Sterling brings that." But Chelsea also needs someone that can break a game, like whether that's through unreal chance creation in terms of, the, you know, opening up, unlocking the defence or high-level dribbling, yeah? And obviously Sterling is a dribbler, but I also envisioned him like, okay, and who's going to get him the goals? What is going to make Sterling the most useful? Who's going to make Sterling the most useful? And I look at our team and I look at the players that we have at times and I think, yeah... He's not really going to get that much joy, that much service. He's not really going to clap as much as he got at City. But in that half hour, well, yeah, in that 45 minutes. It was even 20 minutes because he actually even, did not see the ball for the first yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. It, it must have been about 15 minutes like yeah. that. He actually mm. played football. Mm. But in that short amount of time, I my eyes were open. Like okay, I was super impressed. Yeah. I was like, okay, okay, this, this could work, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. not because of those around him, because he barely got the ball. Ampoli mm-hmm. wasn't giving him the ball. Chile wasn't really giving him the ball. And when I mean the ball, I mean quality, like quality mm-hmm. passes where he actually, he can actually do something. Like a lot of it was very heavy. Passes, rubbish pass from Saar and he's having to fight man because the pass was so bad, you know, and he's then trying to turn and burst away. 
But bro, with the little quality that he received, mm. he's done so much with it. Like mm. Mm. The, you can, the, you can the, just see the levels. The levels, the levels. The top, level, of the, like, top of the pod, you said it. Again, yeah. we're talking about Pulisic, and then you've got... St- bro, the levels are so... Different. 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 Gems, talk to me. What? what yeah, man. What, what, what was your first... What were your first thing? On, on the Raheem Sterling transfer, um, what were your thoughts about it? Um, mm. What were, did you have any reservations, or were you just confident that yeah he's going to be an absolute hit? Talk to me, man. And then so, talk about so you know, like, so I'm starting to clock this pod that me and you are very similar. Do you yeah, know what I mean? Because yeah, yeah. if you if you remember the pod, the main pod it was me, you, yeah, yeah, Mariah, yeah, 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 yeah. I think it was to- Tobes. Tobes um, yeah, we yeah, both yeah. had similar reservations, and then I think after that, I kind of thought about it, thought about, it, and I, and I got myself on board. I got myself on board. I, I was on board before he signed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, saying, I, think to... were, I think we yeah, all were. I think we all were on board. Like, we're like, yeah, you know what? Yeah, mm. I'm happy. I'm happy with it, but I need something else as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It can't be the that. only one. Yeah, yeah, it just can't be the only one. Because like, and then I started to kind of think about the player Raheem is, um, and I kind of had to come out of that that notion that he's a you know a tapping merchant and a, and, a, and a product of the system. And and when when you come out of that and you kind of analyze him for yourself, you realize that boy, this is someone. He's got he, he's got a lot of quality in terms Boy. of individualism, in terms of his dribbling, ball carrying. Yeah. There's a lot of, of of good things to like about him. Like with Raheem, there's so much negative that always gets um, focused in on oh, that eye. Oh, you know, he scores tappings or oh, he misses a lot of one on ones or whatever. And tapping, the thing is, tappings are not, are not easy. They're not easy. You don't get that many. You, you don't get, get that there. many by accident. You know what I mean? You have to get there, bro. And if you remember, if you remember the second half, early in the second half here, one of the only good things that Connor did um, is that he had the ball um, like kind of on the right hand side and he fizzed yeah. in like a shot yeah, yeah, and, yeah, it, yeah, and yeah. it almost got to Raheem back post. Yeah. That would have been another tapping. And again, exactly. And again, so. Do you know what's funny, yeah? I don't... When I watch games and when I watch these pre-season games, I don't look at and just focus on what is happening. I also think about what can actually happen in the season and where these moments and situations, how they arise, I think, okay, how does this translate in the season? And Mason Mount, for example, he loves to fizz across the box. Yes. Yeah, you know, he loves to fizz those cross and James all the time we complain about the lack of people trying to attack the box, mm. attack the space. That's a Raheem, that's Raheem. Mm. That's, 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 that's Raheem, right? That, that, that is literally his bag, you know. Literally. And then you were even talking about his other skill sets where he is ridiculously strong, ridiculously strong, super active, so bad active as well. presser, active presser, active mm. off the ball, bro. And bro, uh, when when he did the dribble, he was wearing the number seventeen shirt. Right? Yeah, yeah, and, and he was wearing the number seventeen bro, shirt. Bro, bro. And I swear to God, I and swear bro, to God, the way the way defenders, I, I know, it's, I know, I it's just yeah. I'm not trying to, you know, I know it's really shot, but the way defenders were just kind of bouncing off him. I was like, I, I swear to God, I've seen this before. I, 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 I swear to God, I was like, wait a minute, I was like, wait, <laughs> <laughs> I've seen this before. I was like, wait a minute, I tried to cut, I tried to keep composure. Hold on a second. Wait a minute. Don't get me wrong, like, I used to look like Sterling here yeah, at City because their patterns of play are so measured. He dribbled, don't get me wrong, he still dribbled and beats guys, but I don't I don't think Sterling is taking on five, six men like in at Man City because yeah. 
think, think you know, he can beat his man 1v1, that's it. And uh, he, he gets on to the next phase. But what you're going to get from Raheem at Chelsea, where things are a lot, little bit more free, um, mm-hmm. you're going to get a guy that is more than happy to take man off. More exactly. than happy. Because that that sort of cameo, he, he what? He did six carries. Yeah. And, and this is part of the reason why I started to come on board because I started to think about it like this, that, okay, Raheem, if he comes, he's going to be the main guy. Yeah. And he's a player. He's now a player. He's 27 years old. He's super, super experienced. He's seen it all. Nothing's going to phase him. Yeah. So he will absolutely take on the mantle of just being himself, expressing yeah. himself, being the main guy, making things happen. Um, and that freedom, being away from kind of what you said, you know, the, the system that City play and Pep plays that certain way, it could really benefit him and it could yeah. really, we can start to really see a lot more of what people call, quote and unquote, the Liverpool Sterling. Do you yeah. know what I mean? But um, yeah, like like you said, like in that cameo, like the way he could, the, the, there was two, I think there was one or two, one occasion where he got the ball and he couldn't see nothing. You couldn't see much happening. He just slowed yeah. it down, slowed it down. And the burst, the way he burst past three man, I was like, it wow. Was in- I was like, whoa. Like, this is something I've not seen someone doing a Chelsea shirt for bro, a very, very you know long what? time. Bro, you know what I'm saying? You know when you're just like, bro, I've missed this, you know? I'm, I'm it's telling been you, like it's three, the individualism. Good year, three, four good years. I'm like, bro, I've missed this, you know? Literally. Because what the fuck? He was, he blamed guys. Mm. And it was just not just pure speed. It was the technical ability as well. The quick feet. It, everything was just like, yeah. Just, and the runs off the ball as well so good and again yeah. what he does with the ball at the end always sensible always good mm. you know so yeah, yeah, yeah very cameo. you can see you can see it i can see it working i can mm. see it working Absolutely. i can see it making sense for us man um mm. but again that that what that attack just needs it needs a lot of work I still think it needs a lot of work. Obviously, let's talk about Breuer leaving on loan or leaving permanently to West Ham. Um, Tuchel kind of played it down, um, which uh, I'm, I'm glad because I think Breuer definitely can bring something to this this attack. Um, mm. So yeah, man, I think I think the P that we we can get this right. I think we can get it right, but. I just have my reservations with some of these players. If you can get some yeah. of these guys out the door, yeah. then, you know, I think we can get moving. But if we're staying with these same guys, I'm, uh, yeah, then unfortunately, that's it, then really, it's going to yeah. be third, or, gonna you be, know, third yeah. again, third, yeah. fourth again, you know, running the Champions League, you know. Mm-hmm. But we'll have to see. Obviously, we've, along with Raheem Sterling, we, we, we got our Rudiger replacement in Kaladu Koulibaly. And that's a name that's been banded around Chelsea for the last eight years. Mm. Um, how do you feel about that signing? Because me, I'm over the moon, man. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel good. I feel good. Um, you know, you've got someone who's 31, so got plenty of time. A super experienced. Um, and although I, I don't, in terms of his traits, I don't, I, I struggle to see how he would kind of like, I don't want to jinx it, but I, I don't think he's going to struggle too much. That's, you that, know what I mean? Like, like yeah. don't get me wrong, like, like Dr. Lee, for example, of um, Touchy Yunus, he was saying, yeah, you know, I don't know how it really translates, you know, you know, I, I don't really know if he's going to be rated that. I'm like, well, fair enough, but like, I don't know for me why I shouldn't be getting excited with someone that I think and thought still was clearly an upgrade clear upgrade on Rudiger. I feel like 
Rudiger's form in the last 18 months has been fantastic. It's been absolutely fantastic. But let's not let's not write off what Koulibaly is. Like the qualities that this guy has, his ability on the ball, you know, when when I'm when I mean like carrying, passing. Yeah, the passing in particular is what stands out to me. Touch, left foot, right foot. His feet fast, physically imposing and dominant. Like, look, there may be some adjustment. Like, because Thiago Silva didn't have it easy when he first came. But again, no one can argue and tell you that Thiago is not one of the best defenders in the league. Absolutely. So I I think he may have a struggle here and a bit like a a small struggle, which is normal when you adjust to a a new country, new league. But I feel like once he gets that out of the way, once, I think yeah. he's going to be a top, mm. like top first. Top. Mm. Like, I, I can't imagine, I've never envisioned us being able to upgrade on Rudiger, like this, like, this seamlessly. Mm. Or get someone million, that level. Yeah. Pounds, yeah. One thing I will say, I'm far more comfy with signing him than I was the lit. Because oh, with the lit, it's not that I don't rate the lit, but the price, number one, was very off putting. And number two, um, in terms of adjusting, um, someone that's you know he's a bit younger, not as kind of as, not as experienced as Koulibaly because you know like as a defender, experience is key. Yes, um, so obviously, when you factor in all those things, I just feel like it would have taken a lot longer for for a delit to to get his feet under the table um, than a Koulibaly. Mm-hmm. Um, so and also, I think another thing that really excites me is the, is the fact that he's another leader. Do you yes. know what I mean? He's another leader. So it's like you've all um, and we've seen the effect that Thiago Silva had on the likes of Christensen, you know, Rudiger, Chalabar, you know what I'm saying? And that leadership, it, it, it rubs off. Do you know what I mean? So the fact yeah. that we've got another one, um, obviously Thiago is probably going to be Thiago's last season, and we've got another leader to kind of step in when he's so, got yeah, and that's yeah. so that's so important, man, because Thiago may not be playing every game, but I'm envisioning Koulibaly will be playing most games. That leadership, that connection with him and the Mendy as well. Exactly. Ah. Georgie, obviously played with Georgie. Jorginho's and, bro. It's yeah. just, it, ah. Like, Jorginho's a leader. Koulibaly, Mendy, Thiago Silva. Good spine. You know what I mean? Aspi, yeah. if he's staying here. You know, then you've got the likes of the young deputies like Reese James, Mason Mount. Oh, man. It feels good. That that blend feels good. And obviously, we're being linked heavily with Kunde. Um, apparently, talks are that we are very close to agreeing a deal for Jules Kunde. And you know me, I'm, I'm, I've got my reservations with Kunde. You mm. know what I mean? I'm not entirely on board. Um, £55 million pounds is pretty expensive, but, you know, one of the young, top young defenders in the world, mm. um, highly rated, very good on the ball um, with his long-range passing. You know, other things I'm not too happy with, but yeah, well, we'll see, man. We'll see. Mm. We'll see how that one goes. Again, that's that's a, another bit of quality being added to the ranks. Um, it, it's it's a weird time for Chelsea at the minute. I feel like we've got so many things that I think are right. I think our midfield for me is pretty good. You've got a Loftus Cheek, Ingolo Kante, Kovacic, Jorginho. You've also got um, bit, um. On a Gallagher, that's that, that's coming into the fold. Mason Mount seems to be playing in more midfield in pre in preseason, which is quite interesting. And then obviously you've got Ethan Ampadu. Um, I don't think we really need much work in midfield defensively. If we get Kunde, it'll be Kunde, um, Thiago Silva, Kula Bali, um, Chalabar. Chalabar, 
you know, yeah, that's, and that's 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 enough. For solid, me. You know, enough for me, certain, yeah, what, I can stop in there as well. Mm. That that's enough for me. Mm. Um, at wing back, I think we're quite good, com- covered. Um, Kennedy right wing back, um, Reece James right wing back, Chilwell left wing back, Emerson left wing back. I think we're we're good there. It's just the attack that I just don't feel comfortable with because we've got lots of names. But do, do you know what? Do you know what the thing is as well, though. I th- I'm starting to feel like we just have we're gonna have to be patient. It's gonna be a long kind of cycle of replacing it. And one thing, one thing about me is that you know, for example, take take Ronaldo, right? Ronaldo's gagging to leave, right? Yeah. And um, obviously, we were linked. Um, I'm sure there are certain fans who was who would take who snatch it, snatch him and and take him to heartbeat. Me personally, I'm, I'm not really for it because I'm I'm just more I'm more of a long term planner, and I want. The, the the cycle of rotation of the attack in terms of getting players out and bringing in, it needs to have a lot of long-term thought and it needs to just make sense. Do you understand what I'm saying? I wouldn't want to kind of just get rid and then get someone short-term like a Ronaldo, for example. I want it to be yeah. like a, you know, kind of like Liverpool, how they how they slowly but surely yeah, got, yeah, their, yeah. Got, got their thing out, phased out, phased, got their thing out. I want it to kind of be, and it all made sense, do you know what I mean? Um, like, whilst I want these players going ASAP um, there's also an element of me that's like, you know what, to get it right, you might sometimes you do have to go the long the long the long road and kind of be yeah. a little bit patient in terms of maybe it might take two or three windows. Do you know what I mean? It might it might not just happen overnight. But the most important thing is that the replacements make sense. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, so that's why like a lot of people will say, oh like Havertz doesn't bang goals, Ronaldo would come in and score 18 goals. Like, yeah, that might be true, but then in a year's time, what do we do with Ronaldo? Do exactly. you know what I mean? <laughs> so that's just kind of how I am on it. But yeah, man, it's the same thing. We're kind of stuck. We'll, we'll have to see how the next four weeks play out in terms of the window. Yeah. I do I the thing is I do think I could I could see Havertz getting goals. Um, especially when you've got a player like Raheem next to him. Mm. it's just that other side that I'm not entirely sure about but we're, we're just going to have to wait and see how it progresses man um, I'm just trying to think yeah I think it's just the attack really for me that I'm just just not really comfortable with but Raheem definitely brings a lot of joy um, and I definitely think that we've got something going there, we've got something cooking with him it's just, it's just the rest of the other pieces and obviously Tuchel himself isn't sounding too happy with the attack, so we'll be watching this one pretty closely. Mm. But anyway, Shem, we'll leave it yeah. there, man. Yeah, um, it, yeah. yeah, thank you, everyone, uh, for tuning in. Um, hopefully, like and subscribe, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.